So Jerry, come on up, and uh, the stage is yours. This is amazing. I love it. Um, it reminds me of when the church started and, um, and when the San Fernando Valley in particular became its own sector, actually. It wasn't a region at that time. But there were 14 people, 14 adult members in the congregation. You guys are bigger than that. I mean, uh, you're getting a, uh, a head start way ahead of what we had. And um, it's just neat, though. It's a neat feel, isn't it, uh, to come here? You guys are are blood you know what heck uh, I remember when Joe came over our house uh, he wasn't even a disciple at that time he was a student in CSUN and um, I said oh the future's this guy here you know and now look at him your, your kids are almost the same age as that and and you are leading uh, a flock here that has a manifest destiny I love it it just uh, just kind of fires up my uh, my soul here, my my blood gets warmed up. I just I, I just think it's really neat. And, and we were going to sneak up here, not tell Joe and Lynette, and just kind of be part of the audience. And uh, but you know he beat me to the punch. And so I, I'm going to share some things with you, my wife and I. You know we love serving in, in the ministry, and in, in uh, even if uh, I wasn't an elder, we would be doing the things we're doing. We just would because it's part of us. And I know it's part of you. And if you're visiting here for the first time, you're in a good spot. And I'll talk a little bit more about why that's so. But um, this is part of our Thirst series. My assignment three months ago was Psalms 100. Yeah, and, and I've had a quiet time every day reading that passage and thinking about it and meditating about it. And so uh, when Joe asked me to come up here and he says, we're doing this too, perfect. Uh, I get to share with you what's been on my heart for three months. And, and, and yeah, and, you know, it, it's just very special for me. So um, thank you for giving me this opportunity for inviting both Erlyn and I up here. We love you. We want to be around you more and more. We miss you. And um, your family always have been. You always loved up on us anyhow. But uh, it's good to be in your own environment and to look over the valley and see this wonderful place God has given you to populate, to help, to change. So um, let's start with that. Uh, by the way, you know, our, our culture is pretty negative. You know, um, I was told, I don't know how someone figured this out, but I was told that 77% of our, our thoughts, it, it was internet, so it must be true. And someone, someone, someone counted it up. I don't know how they figured it out, but 77% of all our thinking is negative and not constructive. Right. And then I heard someone counted up the number of negative commands we give our kids, and before they leave our house, there will be 180,000 don'ts given to your child before they leave their home. And said, I understand that. I believe that. I really do, because when we sent Jeremy as a kindergartner to a school, he had a teacher who was convinced that that was true and that she was to make everything a positive. So instead of telling him, don't do that, she would say, Jeremy, will you please put your two feet on the ground or something, whatever, instead of saying, don't stand up on a desk or whatever. 
You know, he, she would give a positive command instead of a negative command. And so we tried to do that, and it went against our nature. It was really hard. So I believe that that's probably true. And, you know, I do know that a bunch of us are nothing more than Eeyores. You know what that is. You know, Walt Disney's character that's always going around moping. Oh, no, our life is so bad, you know. And maybe some of you have come into this meeting like that. I hope not, but life is that way. You know. Oh, but someone already, I saw someone pointing to another person. And so, um, and that's okay, don't worry. You come to the right plot, place. You're, you're going to take part of something that's not negative. And, then, and so that's why I look at this Psalms and I say, this is it. This is going to help you. This is Psalms 100. And I want to read it. Before we do, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for uh, giving us family here. Thank you so much for giving us this Psalms. That we can look at it and that we can see what you're asking for us to do. And that we can see a purpose and a mission you're giving us. You are helping us as a family. And you're inviting so many people to come into this family. And we need to minister to each other and love each other and help each other. Lord, uh, if there's any Eeyores here today, may they leave here happy, realizing you have called them out of it and that they have responded to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. You can tell that my voice is a little raspy. I'm sorry. I've been having to deal with this for a little while, a couple of days. It won't stop me. Okay, look what it says here. Shout for joy to the Lord. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. You know, let's look at this. Let's take this in. Um, I think right off bat, God gives us some commands. He gives us three of them. I divided this passage into three parts. The first part I'm going to call initial steps. So initial steps, basically baby steps. What we need to do, if you're an Eeyore, what do you need to do to connect with God and get out of this situation? He says, shout for joy. And then he says, worship with gladness. And then he says, sing joyful songs. Guys, these are three important commands. We actually entered into this already. We obeyed these things right from the beginning. You know, you may have come in here with the world falling apart, but if you stepped into this family here and you start singing to God and you start being joyful and you start even shouting for joy. I didn't hear anyone shouting, but that's okay. A few amen shouted would be fine. Yeah. Amen. Okay. It does something. It, de it definitely deals with our negativity. It, does, it deals with our level of being positive and happiness. It does. And so that means this is a special time, guys. This worship service is transforming every single person who walks in here. You may have thought, oh, church is church. 
I'm telling you right now, it's an appointment, appointment with God. It's a destiny that will change your life if you're open to it. And, and it starts with the, these three commands. And that also means that those of us who claim to be connected to God, we need to come here prepared. We need to be thinking about these commands. We need to be thinking about the environment. We need to th be thinking about other people. We need to be thinking about God. And so I want us to know that this is very important. Uh, I hope you prayed for this service even last night. You know, I hope when you got into your car, you prayed for this service. If you come to Canoga Park High School, you may recognize a group of people. Every single Sunday, they get there around 9.15. They're in a circle, just a small group, maybe six people. Uh, it's led by Jim Lindy, and um, he's a great guy. You guys get it. You know, if you don't know who he is, meet him. You'll find him to be a wonderful man. And the fact is, all they're doing is praying. They're praying for the service. They're praying for the worship. They're praying for the people that are coming in. They do it every single Sunday. They're not paid to do it. They're not told to do it. It's their ministry there. And it's probably the most important thing that can happen here. So these commands, don't take them lightly. They are serious. God is I, he's not asking us. He's telling us to do it. And shouting, you know, let me say something about shouting. Shouting's kind of risky. You know, when I, when I was a, a student at Pomona College, I played football. I loved it. I loved football. I could be in a stadium of 30,000 people that are yelling and screaming, and I could hear my dad shouting my name. I could hear him. In fact, everyone could hear him. There was one time the team asked him to sit over in the enemy territory and do the same thing. And, and, and he did. He went over there, and I could still hear, way to go, Jerry. He was encouraging me. I, could, I loved it. And, you know, a lot of kids didn't have their dads there. But I had mine. And I could hear him call my name. And, and when I looked up there that one time that they, he did that, <laughs> he, was, he was all by himself. There was about 15 yards of empty benches because they cleared the, the space around him. They weren't going to sit by him as he was yelling for, for our team. You know. But shouting means you're all in. Shouting is the ultimate, I'm there with you. And that's why God is saying, shout for joy. Guys, we got to be that type of person. We really do. And if you're visiting here, you probably are noticing that type of person here. You're probably saying, there's something different about these people. They're happy. They're happier than me. You don't feel condemned, but you definitely feel convicted. There's something going on. I'm telling you, there is. And then the second part of this little five verse chapter says God tells us to gain some knowledge he said well okay I'll go through this okay he says gain some knowledge in verse three he says know know that the Lord is God that's a command too just as much as singing to him you gotta know him and there was just <clears throat> there's something different between knowing an item about a person, knowing something about that person, and knowing that person. There's a big difference. A good example, and Joe, I have to use this example because it's really clear. I'm sorry to use it. It's when, um, in 1988, uh, Senator Benson and Senator Dan Quayle 
were in a uh, vice presidential debate. They both were running for that job along with their teammates. <coughs> one Democrat, one Republican. And Dan Quayle was making an allusion to himself, about himself. He's saying, I'm just as experienced. He was a young guy, just as experienced as John F. Kennedy was when he was running. And then Lloyd Benson turned to him in the middle of the, the debate and he said, Senator, I know Jack Kennedy. I've worked with Jack Kennedy. I'm a friend of Jack Kennedy. And Senator, you are no Jack Kennedy. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> I didn't want him to say that, but he did. And, uh, and it kind of took the thunder out of uh, Dan Quayle a little bit. They still lost to the election, though. So, yeah, they did. So, anyhow, I'm just saying that just as a point that Lloyd Benson knew Jack Kennedy. Dan Quayle knew some things about Jack Kennedy. There was a big difference between the two. And that's the way we could be about God. We can say we're Christians. It's not very well defined. The word's only mentioned three times in the Bible. But disciple, a follower, an imitator of Jesus Christ is a different story. And knowing Jesus Christ and loving Jesus Christ is a lot more than saying that you are a Christian. Okay, I'm, I'm with you. <coughs> and the other thing that, that I want to say about knowledge, knowledge is vital. You're not saved by your knowledge necessarily. You have to make some decisions once you get the knowledge. But I'm surprised that people don't want knowledge. I'm surprised that when I do biopsies, a third of the people don't want me to tell them what it is. I know, it's kind of scary. They, they think that if they don't know, it's not going to hurt them. I don't know what they think. They're just scared, that's all. And the fact is, is that knowledge is very vital. The truth will set you free. You can act on it. If it's bad stuff, you can, you can do something about it. But there are people that are afraid of that. And, you know, Paul in, in Ephesians, when he wrote to the Ephesian church, said, I want you to know something. I want you to know the love of Jesus. And he was very explicit about that. And so those are the things that begin the story of how you relate and connect with God. <coughs> I want you to indulge me at this point. And I'm sorry for my voice. There's not, I can't do anything about it. It's just the way it is. But I think you can, uh, you can still understand me. But um, a few months ago, my wife and I went camping. I realize camping is not every, everyone's cup of tea. I know that. Some of you would rather be in a hotel, sleeping in a nice bed, than than to be on the ground. Okay, so I'm not saying that's an essential ingredient, but my wife and I went camping, and 41 other people came with us. Uh, some of them were our kids, but most of them were from our family group. And um, one of the things I said to them, we met at 6 o'clock in the morning at a gas station in San Fernando Valley, and I said to them, my purpose in doing this is that I want all of you to connect with God. Hands down. And there were some people there that didn't know God, didn't have a relationship with God. There was a couple of them in there mixed in with us. And I think they got the idea really quickly what that meant. But that was the purpose of the camping. And so I want you to indulge with me. I'm going to show a lot of pictures about this camp out. Um, it is an excuse in some ways about my grandchildren. Yes, 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 yes. 
But that's not the point. I don't want you to get confused, okay? The fact is, is that when I go to places like this, I'm repeating what my dad did to me. I'm reliving it. I'm passing on something that he did to me. He introduced me to God using wow factors. There's a wow factor, and in, in when you go to a national park or something like that, there's a real big wow factor. And there's a wow factor in the scriptures of God. So those are the two sources of knowledge of God that we have. And so we did that. And so we took off, and we went to Red Rock Canyon. We were driving up to Mount Whitney, actually, but we stopped off there. And then at that point, what I did, I stood up on a picnic table, and I gave him a ranger talk that I picked up when I was 10 years old from my dad. You know, how, you know, all this that you're looking at is always done by due process, D-U-E, deposit, uplift, erosion. I gave him a ranger talk. And, um, you know, and told him that that's the process that God shows, at least from here on in, to do. And you can see the evidence of it. And this is very spectacular. You guys, maybe some of you have been through, driven through that. It's a great place. And then, as we were going up towards Mount Whitney, we went to this lava field called Fossil Falls. And the kids went crazy. Oh, they loved it. It's um, quite a few square miles of lava that's been hardened and then eroded by uh, the Ice Age um, glaciers and, and floods. And so we're here we are standing on the edge of what is really a canyon. The kids are all over the place. We're having fun. Um, some of the kids are in danger, yes. <laughs> but it's still fun. It's still fun. And eventually, we got to this place, Mount Whitney. Some of you have been there. Okay? So yes, some of you have been to the top of it. It's hard, isn't it? The hardest thing you ever did, isn't it? Yes, but it's beautiful. There's nothing like it. And we camped at a beautiful place that is perfect, you know, just like Eden. And there, you know, this, um, <coughs> this is my wife, of course. The, the Psalms that we are using to do this series on thirsting, Psalms 42, says, just as a deer pants for water, so does my soul pant for you, God. Well, there's my deer. And there's the water. It's just perfect. Here's some more deers. You get to see them, my dear grandsons. Okay? And um, I love it. But there's 41 of us up there all together getting ready to do some things. <coughs> Again, indulge me. I'm coming. I'm coming. We have certain activities. I... I tell them you don't have to do anything but one thing. Please be with me at the campfire tonight, and we'll have a devotional. That's all. You can do anything you want. But as soon as I say I'm going to do something like I'm going to hike to the first lake on the trail, they're all there. They're all there, and they want to do that. Okay, fine, good. So we hike to Lone Pine Lake. Maybe, 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 maybe some of you did that. I'll go back again. I love it. You know, teens and singles and married people, they're all together. We're all helping each other. The, there's a stream right there that we're forging. Uh, some people fell in. It's okay. No one got hurt. And it's glorious. It, it's just unreal that three-hour drive from here, you can be in the middle of glaciers and waterfalls. And, you know, God did that. You know, he, he, 
It's amazing. And I do believe when you're out in nature like that, it does tenderize you to what really he wants you to have in your life. Okay? And so here we are, forging that stream. There's my grandson and I and the John. We're near a wilderness. And what we do, we take a rock and we pray together. And when you have a view like this, where you can see down 11,000 feet, it's glorious. It is glorious. You know, and, and, and so, you know, given that, we are having a great time. We're hiking up this trail. We did a five-mile trail, and we got to 10,000 feet. And there we are, dead, on the shores of the lake. <laughs> well, not all of them. All 30, 39 people started with me on this one. And they all made it. A four-year-old made it to 10,000 feet. I was amazed. It really sickened me that I was gulping for air. And these four-year-olds were running around at 10,000 feet as if nothing, <laughs> nothing bothered them. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it's, but there's, there's my family. There's my son, my daughter-in-law, my six-year-old grandson. And so we did that. And then we went to a hot springs in the valley, which you need to do. You, it's so neat, you know, 108-degree water, it, it, and it, it doesn't stink. It's actually really beautiful, and you soak in that, and this is what you look like afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> but not all the wow factor is limited to our immediate surroundings, guys. While we were there, of course, at night, you get to see some. What you're looking at there is an alignment that only happens probably once in our existence in anyone's existence. I think it's once every 70 million light years. Um, you've got Venus, that's Jupiter, and that's Regulus, which is a star. Two planets and a star all lined up very conspicuous in the sky at the time. And if you didn't see that, you're not going to see it again. So. Just take in the picture. <laughs> but we did that. We had, a, we had a, a starlight devotional. And you begin to talk about these three objects here. They looked beautiful. They were very prominent. And there's a picture of Venus, okay? It's the nearest planet to us. It's most like us. It's the same size. But it's a little bit too close to the sun. It's not a very nice place. It may be beautiful, but it's... 900 degrees. <laughs> and there's the picture of it landing. We actually, the Russians and us have sent uh, uh, landers up there, explorers up there. But the fact is, is that when it lands, <laughs> the, the surface of Venus is, is horrible. <laughs> it looks like the Antelope Valley. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from the Antelope Valley. I can say that. Yeah, I can say that. I love Antelope Valley, but it's, it's 900 degrees, and that picture didn't last forever because the, the atmosphere is 100 times thicker than ours, and it's sulfuric acid, so it ate up the satellite, so it only works for a little while, but we got there, and then Jupiter is the largest planet in our solar system. I love Jupiter. It's beautiful. I've seen it. I've seen it up close. The most amazing feature about it is this... Uh, red spot and all that is 
is a 14,000 mile wide hurricane that's been spinning at 250 miles an hour for 400 years. I don't know what that, that I can't imagine what that would be like. I know, it's, horrible. it's amazing. It makes you feel the truth. And that, so that's, those are the things that uh, I like showing and talking about. Oh, your star, Regulus. Regulus is an amazing star. It's not round. It's spinning so fast, sideways. It's spinning so fast in its orbit. It's spinning at 7,000 miles an hour. You know, you thought, you thought that uh, Peyton Manning threw a hot pass. But this is actually a, a football-shaped star that's circulating around the center of the galaxy, spinning at 7,000 miles an hour. If it spent another 10% more energy spinning, it would, it would fly apart. But it's, it's three times the size of our sun, and it's shaped like a football. So amazing, amazing stuff. The, th the fact is, is that God is amazing. And when we look at what he's created, it has that effect on us. It does. So much so that when he says, God, know that God is, the Lord is God, when when the Bible says that, we had better open up our minds to this. Einstein, people acknowledge him as the smartest man ever known. In 1901, when he wrote the theory of relativity, said God did not roll dice. He wasn't a Christian, but he said God did not roll dice. Here's what's going on. This is intelligent design. So the wow factor in God's creation is also repeated, even in a greater way, I think, in his own scripture. And if you open up your mind to that, it leads us to knowing that the Lord is God. He is sovereign God. And once we realize that, and once we realize how small we are, and once we think about the fact that he sent his son to die for us, and that he cares about us, that we are his. It, it's natural. It follows through like that. It does. It's amazing. We are so much his. We're just as much his people as a sheep is possession of the shepherd. Now, sheep aren't smart. I grew up with sheep. My, my brother was in, you know, future farmers. We had sheep all over the house. And, um, they're cute when they're little. They're not so cute when they're big. But you can fall in love with them. You can. God falls in love with us. Even though we may be spiritually stinky, spiritually dumb. I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't care if you think you're Einstein. We're sheep. We're sheep. But God loves us, and he's the shepherd, and he owns us. We are his, guys. We are his. And because of that, we have some action to take. This is the third part of the lesson here. Okay? Action to be taken. You see it in verse 4 and 5. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Guys, we're shifting gears here. We're taking a look at a different picture. I think of Joe with this. Because Joe gave us a great series on the Psalms of Ascent. Where the pilgrims, the Jewish pilgrims would go to the temple and they would be 
singing these songs. In fact, you know, Psalm 100 is nothing more than a song in a songbook. But it does tell us things about God. And what it is saying here is that when you go through the gates of the temple, you're going to be very thankful. Think about this. These guys, if they were coming up through the king's highway, which goes from Jericho, actually it follows all the way down the, the length of the nation of Israel, but it went through Jericho, which was way below sea level, and in 17 miles it climbed almost 4,000 feet. These pilgrims would do that. They would be singing as they did that. This is kind of like the 39 city slickers that were trying to get up Mount Whitney. You know, they were doing the same thing. And when they got to the Mount of Olives, they could see the temple for the first time. And there it was. In all its glory, there was a valley between them and the Mount of Olives. There's the temple. They didn't build skyscrapers back in the first century. But the temple, from top to bottom, was over 400 feet high. And it was gilded gold, and it shone in the sunlight. What would you do if you were just singing these songs, and you came to the top of the Mount of Olives, and you saw the temple there, and you were almost ready to enter it? You would be thankful. And then you would come around the side of it. There were nine entry, nine gates into the temple. And the main one had 30 steps. And you would, you would always be seeing the temple up above you as you would climb the steps. And then the gates would be open wide. And it says, enter those gates with thanksgiving. That is a person connected to God. That's who we are, too. When we're connected to God, we're just like that. And then it says... Thankful. Thankfulness. That means you're appreciating what God has done for you. And there's a challenge here, a challenge for all of us. You know, it's basically we need to have at our fingertips the benefits that God has given us. We need to know that and we need to be thinking about that. I've taken it on. I've been convicted about this. I've said to myself, I need to write out a list. And I said, and I have it on my phone. 1,000 reasons to be thankful to God. And I, 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 I can scroll through it, and it reminds me of all the things he's done. Now, I didn't just sit down and one time and write it. It took me a while, about three months, to, to do this. And every time I said, I'm thankful, I wrote it into that list. And what it does, it changes me. God has done so much for Oh, amazing stuff. And he's done a ton for each of us here. And so, with that thought, the second part of this same command is enter his courts with praise. You know, <clears throat> it's again picturing the, the pilgrim who, who's gone through the gates and now he's in the court. There are four courts to the temple. Uh, all of them were glorious, big. The temple courts, put them all together. You had a place that was bigger in the Vatican. You had a place that could hold 250,000 worshipers. Yes. But you could always, always see the temple. It was kind of on a pedestal. It was about 150 feet above your head when you were on the court, in the courts. And so you could always see the temple wherever you were at. Courts of Gentile women and then the men. You could always be there and see it. And so what praising is it's not just appreciating what God has done. It's appreciating God for who he is. And that challenges me too. 
basically, I have to write a character list. That's what it does to me. And I've done the same thing. I have a thousand reasons to be thankful for God, a thousand things that I appreciate about God. Not just what he does, but what he is. And I have that on my phone. And the reason why I'm doing this, getting a character list and a benefit list, is that I want at my fingertips to appreciate my Lord so much that if an opportunity came by to say something to someone about connecting with him, I'm ready to go. I have my reasons all ready. I've been thinking about them. They're on the tip of my tongue. You ask me about my God, I can tell you about my God because I gave some thought to this. And the reason why maybe we're a small church right now is that we need to kind of make our character and benefit list a little larger and have them on the tip of our tongue and need to say something to more people. My evangelism is definitely related to those two things, 100%. And, you know, when we do have better sharing, things like this happen. Bill Young, Bill Young, I've had the pleasure. In fact, I, I think I'm wearing the same shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I had the pleasure of connecting, being part of the connecting of this man's life to God. Bill Young is the eternal visitor. Some of you studied with him six years ago, seven years ago, I don't know, back when, when the lava fields were molten. Um, but um, he was always satisfied with his relationship with God. But God has done something to him, and he has done something for God. He changed his mind about where he was at. And uh, for him and I, we share the same problem. We had to deal with uh, melanoma. And uh, you look at him in that picture, you can see that he's half the person he used to be. But he is now more than he used to be, too. He's going to come out of that water a new creature. And I am so thankful to be by him. And I got some on my benefit list and character list of God from him. From him. And so he, he got baptized. He and Teresa got baptized just a couple of weeks ago. It was a great event. And it goes to show you that if you connect with God, others get connected to God too. It was never meant to be a benefit for you. It was meant to be a benefit for your world for Simi Valley, for everyone around you, for your neighbors. And so I leave you with this connection, uh, with this thought. Are you connecting people to God? Did I even connect this little guy to God with the wow factors that he was experiencing? He's looking out over there, 11,000 foot perch. I'm sure he's thinking about God. Are you helping people? Please pray about that. Think about that. I love you guys. There's no greater group of people than you, and you are assigned a wonderful part of this great state. There's a lot of people here that need to know about God. Amen. And if you're here, again, for, uh, for the first time not knowing anything about God, ask the person who invited you. Get connected. There's ways to do it, and it's wonderful. Amen.
morning. My name is Darren Vasquez, and uh, I'm going to lead our thoughts in communion this morning. Uh, just some of the 